Welcome to Talk Hockey Radio Special, where we will be discussing the 2021 Oxbridge Varsity game. Joining me today is Olivia Lee-Smith, captain of Oxford Women, and Jonathan Park, captain of Cambridge Men. Welcome on board to both of you. Hi, Hi Simon. Hi, Simon. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us. So just sort of like to kick things off, would you mind uh, introducing yourself, uh, explaining who you are, what you're studying, what your hockey career is to date, and that sort of thing? Should I go after it? Great. So, uh, hi guys. I'm Jonathan. Uh, I'm a fourth year engineer at Cambridge. So, I've been playing playing for the ones for, for four years, and this is my final year as uh, as captain. Um, started playing hockey when probably you know nine, ten years old, picking up a stick, you know, um, at the side of the pitch with uh, the parents playing, and then just kind of kick started from there. But um, kind of grew up playing hockey where you live. Um, yeah, very, very similar. Uh, I was always a very sporty child. Started playing my hockey at uh, Reading Hockey Club uh, when I was, again, about eight years old. Uh, worked my way up there to the ladies' one for a season in the Premier League before then kind of going to Oxford where I am now. Um, I'm in my final year studying law. Um, so currently uh, got exams 10 days after varsity, which is, which is good fun. So revising hard at the moment. Um, but then I also kind of back in uh, when I was playing all the running stuff, I was also doing uh, the England age group stuff. But I've been uh, women, playing for the Women's Blues for my three years at Oxford and I've captained for the last two years. Um, so I'm very excited for my final, my final rendezvous, as it were. Good stuff. And um, to the uninitiated, could you explain what Varsity is and why it's so important? Yeah, so the Varsity matches is, is basically just... Uh, well, it's officially a friendly between Oxford and Cambridge. Um, that's It's in its 121st year. Um, it's just between the two universities played at Southgate. Um, and it happens at the end of the season. It's it's fiercely competitive, um, as with all the varsity matches are in lots of different sports. Um, so, yeah, it's officially a friendly, but it's 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 thought in very, very good spirits. And it's, it's a great mm. event to be part of and definitely the kind of the pinnacle of anyone playing hockey at Oxford or Cambridge. And what what does it mean to win it? I mean, I've been to a few varsities, both for for the Blues squads and also lower down, and there is clear elation uh, for the winning side. I mean, what does it mean to you guys when you are victorious and when you're in these these matches? Yeah, it's it's pretty special um, because it's kind of like the culmination of the whole year of work. Uh, it's quite quite focused down to this one this one match, and you spend a lot of time kind of particularly focused and then to come away with a win with your whole team there and your squad and you know in in normal years fans and crowds and your family and friends it's a it's a pretty special moment it's really uh it's it's really good but on, on the on the other side uh unfortunately i've lost one and that's uh um a bit more bit more out of a downer when when you leave but uh yeah i would i would say exactly like i've experienced it i've only i've only played two the first year was just pure elation. It was so fun. It was my first year. I scored. It was awesome. Like the whole club was there. It was just kind of, you know, it was, you know, it was something to say it was perfect. And then going into this year where we lost on shuffles after probably being the dominant team, it was so hard to take. Like genuinely, like we joke about it in the team now, but, you know, I probably didn't get over it until um, at least a few months ago when we started training for the new one. Um, so it does, you know, we say it's just a normal game, but it's really not. It does it it does mean a lot to the players and also to the clubs. Yeah, and, and I guess it must, in normal times in particular, it must be very odd because like a typical match, I mean, at my club at Cambridge, when we used to say play against Holcomb men or Wimbledon women, we might get between 500 to 800 people watching. 
at Varsity, you have well over a thousand comfortably, probably more like two or three thousand. You know, it's 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 two people deep around the side of a pitch. The balcony is completely rammed full. Uh, you've got the staircases completely full. What's it like to go from playing normally with, in front of a man and his dog uh, to play in front of you know two to three thousand people? I think it's more in the kind of the preparation and the warm up that that really starts to starts to hit you that all these people are here to to watch you um, and it can it can you know start, make make the nerves start kind of building a little bit but I think when you're actually playing it, it you almost zone out of it and you in in breaks you hear the the cheers and everything but when you're kind of in the moment you you almost you almost uh, kind of forget about it but uh, well when when you do realise they're there it's um it, it kind of adds to the moment definitely. Yeah, I remember there was, um, you don't hear like many comments at all, really, from the sideline because you're kind of used to the chat. It's a very, um, like playing Bucks and university hockey, you're used to the chat on the sidelines. But then when you hear one or two comments, it's then when it kind of breaks you out of that trance that you're actually playing in just a normal hockey game. You realise that there are loads of people here watching. Um, um, so, yeah, no, it's 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 such a weird thing. But when you actually take a step back and look and say that, you know, there's 5,000 people watch that live stream and actually... It, at the time, I was just, you know, thinking about where my next pass was or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, now, something that's unusual with uh, with Oxbridge is the naming of the teams. So you don't just have first, second, thirds, do you? Could you explain for the listeners what the team names you have and why as much as possible? Yeah, so I think they differ from, uh, they differ between us. So Oxford, we have the first team of the Blues, men's and women's Blues. Uh, second team, we have the women's are Radicals and the men's are the occasionals. The third teams, we have the women uh, are called the Mavericks, and the men's are called the Infrequents. And then we've just introduced a fourth team women's this year, and they're called the Renegades, and the men's are called the Sporadics. Um, and, the, and the boys, um, the men's team actually make a nice acronym of, of boys, spelt B-O-I-S, uh, which we've only just realised. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of similar on on our our front. The 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 two first teams are both the 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 Blues, and on the men's side, the twos are the Wanderers, uh, the threes are the Squanderers, and our new fourth team is the the Blunderers. And I absolutely have no idea why, but uh, but that's uh, and then on on the on the women's side of the club, we have the the Nomads as the twos, and the threes are the Bedouins. Um, again, I actually have no idea why, but uh, it's uh, that's them. Cool. And, um, and so, again, for people who aren't familiar with the way we do things in Britain, um, when you go to university, if you do sport, you can get colours and you can get colours normally for two different things. Uh, one is for sporting achievement and one is for sort of contribution. Um, so, for example, if a first team captain, you get it maybe for your athletic achievement, traditionally speaking, whereas maybe if you're in the third eleven, but you're the club secretary or something like that, and you've spent loads of volunteer time, then you would also get colours for that. Could you explain how the blue system works in Oxbridge? Because it's a little bit different from what I understand. And also, the um, instead of getting a pin, you get something a little bit more extravagant. JP, you've been dealing with the blues committee recently. Do you want to lead on this one? Uh, yeah, so essentially um, through all sports in Cambridge, or, or, or most of them, there's a kind of uh, a level of achievement set where... They're trying to set a kind of a benchmark of, you know, a, a high level of achievement. And this is kind of generally rewarded with what we call a, a blue, hence the, the, the blues teams on, on either side. Um, and these, uh, 
you know, in across, you know, rowing to rugby to, to tennis to hockey. Um, these, this is like a, an achievement that's given out, you know, throughout um, across all the sports. And it's a pretty prestigious and is rewarded with um, uh, a blues blazer, which is a, a light blue blazer on our side, a dark blue blazer at Oxford. Um, and you get to wear that once you've completed your varsity match. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty special garment. It has quite a lot of, um, a lot of fond memories and quite a lot of uh, sentimental value. I think the same with you, Salem. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's. They say that there's, you know, there's three things that you wanna, you wanna get out of Oxford, and it's a blue, a first, and a spouse. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's regarded quite highly. Um, and yeah, you know, the things that come with it as well is, is a great fun. Um, kind of being able to put that blazer on is is a pretty cool feel, uh, feeling and a pretty pretty special one um yeah so it's it's definitely one of the big prestigious things and something that's you know special to oxford and cambridge which is um mm. pretty cool as well yeah i think what what makes it so nice is that you kind of you've gone through this whole process with your team and training and all that and it's a bit of a bit of a, a sign of kind of a, a reward for all that really hard work and the time you've put in um, to kind of get to where you've you've got in your sport. Yeah, it really does seem to be a proper uh, community and respect about it. Like, so for example, when we have the uh, the twos, threes, fours varsity events taking place at Cambridge, you'll get people like uh, a chap called Sam Grimshaw, who's at, at my club, will turn up wearing his blues blazer, and he's so passionate and and supportive of the current group. Um, and takes enormous pride just as much in in the blue squad winning as he would do with maybe the third or fourth team winning. Um, there really does seem to be that long-term connection through the blaze, and it's more than just an item of clothing. It seems like it's a truly iconic uh, sort of um, artefact that illustrates the, the, the culture of a club properly. And then you also have um, uh, the Hawks club as well, don't you? And the Osprey yeah. uh, for women. I don't know what it what it what it is in uh in in Oxford. Yeah, so in Oxford, um, we have something called Vincent, uh, the Vincent's Club, which is recently integrated both men and women. So it, it's the club, you know, right, quite rightly as it should be. I'll, I'll I'll let JP talk about Ospreys and Hawks, but I have quite strong opinions on it. But uh, you know, it's it's the sports club, and uh, it's a sports club for the uh, members of the university who have you know again really performed in their sport, but it doesn't have to be to a Blues level. Um, it's people who have made a serious contribution to their sport, uh, whether they have have a blue or not, or made the first team. Um, are really decent people. Uh, they're fun to be around. Like you'd want to go for lunch with them. You'd want to see them around. You'd want to have a beer with them. Um, and also people who are kind of just, um, you know, they have to have their academics in check as well. But that usually comes as a given. Um, but it's that that club as well. That 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 space to kind of. Um, meet like-minded people and and have a good time is is something that's really special to oxford and actually it it the vincent's membership you know um goes around the world there's reciprocal clubs all around the world which by just by virtue of being a vinnie's member um you can get access to loads of clubs around the world like we're reciprocal with places in melbourne and sydney and new york and at the oxford cambridge club in london as well yeah i'd say there's a pretty similar thing on the on the cambridge side with hawks and ospreys um for men and women respectfully and it's just, uh, I think it's just a really nice space where you can, um, you know, meet other people that are involved in sports across the uni, which there isn't, you know, there isn't always a space where you can do that and, and find uh, and meet other people. And it's, I think it's just, uh, just a nice, nice way of doing that. Cool. Um, so sort of shifting 
back towards this year's game. Um, how's preparation been for you compared to normal? Because obviously it's at the end of the season. You've normally played a season. Certainly at our club at Cambridge City, we prefer to play the, the university in the first half of the season because you're not switched on. Uh, <laughs> the second half, uh, regardless of which team you're playing against, they are considerably more focused and probably a little bit more sober. Um, so, yeah, what, what's preparation been like? Because all the normal stuff's just not been there at all this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been very, very different this year. I, I mean, we've uh, more women's blues have been affected by COVID than actual games that we've had that we've played as a, as a squad. Um, there was a point in time where 13 of us were either with the virus or, or isolating. Um, so it's, it's it's been really, really tough. And even back ages ago when the league was playing, um, Oxford University put a ban on, you know, any sport that was being played uh, competitively. So we were allowed to train, but we weren't allowed to compete in the league. Um, so we only played two games, whereas the league went on for six games. So we had that added ban of not being able to play then. Um, then obviously everything, you know, just fell into place and was cancelled. But we've had a really, really good kind of last five weeks have been uh, really unique and quite special, actually. And I, I even though um, um, I'll get some stick for saying this, but even though we've kind of been isolated, been apart from each other, like just coming together for five weeks has really brought us actually closer together, even though we're socially distant. And kind of just knowing that we have this is five weeks, this is our season in these five weeks, how are we going to make the most of it has been a really kind of unique and valuable experience. So that's kind of how we've positioned our headspace going into kind of the five weeks of preparation that we have for the match. Yeah, agreed. I, I think it's quite, it's very, it's very different because normally you have varsity is, um, you know, mid-March, which is kind of just as the, the, the league is getting to a kind of a crunch time and everything's kind of built up to that. But this year you've been kind of had four months of you know, pretty much no hockey and then it's kind of straight into the deep end of, you know, we have four or five weeks to prepare for this for this one match, which is quite quite different, but um pretty pretty motivating and pretty fun, I think. Cool. And and so in the past we've seen the likes of like Ed Perry from New Zealand and Nick Parks from uh, Scotland playing in these fixtures. Who are the danger men and women that you'd pick out in your own team and as well as in the opposition? If you're able to share that confidential information now. <laughs> oh, I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> um, um, go ahead, Liv. Um, well, I think, you know, as Cambridge, is a, I'll, start, I'll start with them first and then I'll go on to us. Um, I think generally what, we, what I found the past few years is that the Cambridge side that we face is always incredibly well, well drilled. You know, they're a really good team of, of you know, 16 players. Um, and the two that particularly stand out, uh, you know, they obviously play through their, their central midfielders. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about them. Um, on our end, we've kind of have got a very similar similar team to last year. Um, a few of the big names have gone, but a few have come back because, well, a few left. And then because of COVID, have found, them, found themselves way back in the team. Um, I've got to give her a mention, but Shane McNabb is in, going into her like 100th varsity, maybe. Uh, no, it's. <laughs> She's going for her seventh blue, I think. So uh, she's back in the squad after deciding she was going to go to Slough for the season, but, you know, has come back to us uh, for a final varsity match. Um, but, yeah, I would say that, you know, I don't want to pick out individuals, but, uh, you know, Cambridge Royals is a very well-drilled side. And I guess we'll just have to see on the day. But I, I, there's a few there's a few uh, new faces for Oxford, I think, that you should definitely watch out for. Uh, yeah, I'd say we, you know, had a pretty strong performance last year 
um, winning 5-0, I think we have a lot of danger men. Um, and I wouldn't want to boost any of their egos up too much. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, Seb up front has, um, you know, he, he really wants to show himself this uh, this year and uh, has done in previous years. But I think there's talent across the pitch. I think there's... Uh, there's there's more more of them could score than uh, I'd want I'd want to tell them that uh, and then you know obviously on the Oxford side we you know we mainly focus on you know we focus on us we don't, we don't worry too much about them uh, but they we know that they got their their danger men on the pitch somewhere but uh, got to find them from the from the donkeys. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so where would you say? What's the key thing that will result in you winning or losing in this match? Uh, as we spoke about this uh, in training the other day, um, and we were kind of talking to the freshers about the experience. And it does come down to such fine margins. I mean, obviously not for the boys last year, but um, mm. it, it really does come down to, to fine margins. And that's what we find in the game. Like last year, we had several chances where we thought, you know, if we'd have put that short corner in, you know, we would put the game to bed. Um, there was uh, the final Cambridge goal last year was just because you know really unfortunate error from us and it does just come down to those really little things during the game and I don't I just don't think you can you know it's sport at the end of the day and it will either go one way or another Um, Mm. but you know we can do things to kind of push things into our favour and it's a matter of just you know what we've said to the girls is just just enjoy it like it's a really good experience, and if people can, you know, if people are out there playing hockey and not tense, then quite a lot of the time luck will push into our side. Um, and it's also a matter of fact of just, you know, at the end of the game, whatever the score, putting your hand on, be like, you know, this is sport, and you know, we uh, things will go away, things won't. Um, but it's a matter of kind of making sure the percentage is fifty-one percent Oxford, forty-nine percent Cambridge. Yeah, I, I do agree. It does come down to to fine margins, I think, especially in my in. Uh... In previous years, you've found that you know there have been some extremely tight games on 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 both sides. You know, can easily go either way. Um, but I, th- I think something that can really help is the, especially like the mentally going into it, how you how it's been approached, being being obviously confident and trying to treat it as much as a you know as much as it is a special match, trying to treat it as 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 ordinary as possible and keeping you know you play how you play and being you know confident going in and i think that helps at the moment we have a good balance of you know a lot of experienced heads and a lot of new guys and that will really help um uh, kind of help temper the new guys and uh, make sure they they settle in easy cool now one of the, the i guess kind of a nature of a beast of oxbridge is you do have from time to time people who cross the divide uh, and come from the <laughs> place what's it like when you have that happen i don't know if it's happened in your times playing uh, I haven't had it, but I we've had someone um, a couple of years back who played for Oxford in his undergrad and then played for us for his uh, his PhD, and um, yeah, I think he I think he enjoyed it more for us, but maybe he was just saying it. But, yeah. yeah well, uh, well, we had uh, we had uh, Harriet. Um, he was the first woman to get a blue at Oxford and at Cambridge. Uh, she never won a varsity at Cambridge, uh, but then she came to Oxford <laughs> and won. So. Uh, um you know it's 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 on both ends um but you know she was uh she was a very experienced player so it was very very easy to integrate her into the squad and actually it was it was quite a laugh we had quite a laugh with kind of the rivalry and you know it's not like at the end of the day it's it's um there's no animosity there um realistically like we'd all be really good friends if we went to the same university 
So kind of when she was integrated into the, the Oxford life and stopped talking about her Cambridge friends and actually was uh, <laughs> integrated into us, you know, it was fantastic. Cool. Now, um, something I thought might be useful for listeners, um, and I haven't got too many notes here, so I'll need your help, uh, but would be kind of like a jargon buster. So, for example, what does GDBO mean? GDBO means uh, goddamn Bully Oxford. Um, and it's a bit of a, a bit of a slogan or a saying uh, at Cambridge around uh, around varsities and uh, about the other place. And are, are there any other sort of slang terms, catchphrases, whatever that, that we can broadcast that uh, <laughs> you can explain? <laughs> um, our equivalent is shoe the tabs. Um, I genuinely could not tell you why. Um, I feel like I should know, but I don't. Um, shoe the tabs. Uh, one of the other ones that we have. Uh, we have also. FTT, but obviously won't say that one online. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of think of anything else that I think those are the two big ones. Definitely when it comes to varsity. Mm. But there's there's always chance and chat coming from the sidelines. So you know if you're the if you're the left back or right back from yeah. you know, either side, those kind of line up with you know either the the Cambridge club where they gather or the Oxfords where they gather, and um, they're normally you know the the recipient of a lot of a lot of chat and a lot of banter. And um, yeah, some 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 players take that in their stride, and some mm. uh, some struggle a bit more than others. Um, but that's that's always a, a fun place to be. Yeah, that, that actually leads on quite nicely to sort of the last normal question I had. So um, it's a funny thing that in, so for for listeners abroad in the UK, if you go to university and play hockey, normally you'll play on a Wednesday in Bucks against other universities. And then generally speaking, unless you're really up in the National League level and, the, and your university club isn't, then you'll play for university as well on the weekend on a Saturday. Um, but the atmosphere is totally different. So like on a Bucks Wednesday, it's crazy at the sideline. No matter you know how big or small the institution, there's always a crowd, there's always some banter, there's always a few beers and whatever. But then when we graduate to normal club hockey, that just seems to disappear for the most part. And I wondered, like, from your point of view, why do you reckon that happens? Especially, like, Liv, you were playing at, at um, Reading, which is one of the few clubs who probably do manage to maintain an element of, like, with with the seating next to the, next to the pitch mm. um, and a strong sort of uh, hockey badger presence there. Um, <laughs> why do you think that happens? And why do you think it disappears? I think I think it's probably just inherent in in the student lifestyle, like the student the student athlete lifestyle. It's very rare that you know box matches are no, normally played in the middle of the afternoon at, at two o'clock, and it's it's really hard to replicate that on a, on a club level. When on a Wednesday, you're like we've got so we've got push back at two. Afterwards, it's it's we've got another game to watch after that. We'll bring the beers for after that, and then we'll all go out together in the evening. So I think it's really hard to replicate that kind of, it's just part of the student lifestyle. It's really hard to replicate that on a club level when people are coming from loads of different, you know, mm. jobs and different backgrounds, uh, different ages. Um, so it's really, it's really hard to kind of replicate that, that kind of lifestyle, lifestyle aspect of it. Yeah, I think it's, it's because you have so much kind of in common and you're in very similar like kind of parts of your life as when you go to another another university yeah they might go to university in cardiff swansea or plymouth or wherever but you know you're you're at similar parts of your life and you know your wednesday structures have pretty similar 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 deal you know you're playing playing a game and then either watching watching some more games after yours and then maybe going out and uh, and that lends itself quite well to uh throwing chat around each other yeah we've got we've i've just thought of another jargon um it's it's wash win bin 
So every Wednesday is wash, win, bin. So you basically, you play. Uh, no, it's win, wash, bin. I've got that completely wrong. Win, wash, bin. Um, so you win your match, then you have a shower, and then you basically get in the bin, um, which which means you have a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you want to publish that one, but there we go. I, I, I will leave it to Taft who will be doing the editing. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, that, that leads on to the last thing. So we, we started when we, we interviewed Susie Petty a while ago. We came up with this idea of doing five-a-side. You pick, like, five players you play with either currently or in the past, and then also five players to play against who you've played. So I just wondered if uh, the two of you might be able to do that for from an Oxbridge point of view. It's such a tough question. Such a tough question. Um, I'm going to have to whittle it down. I think... Firstly, I'll keep it down just to just to like females. If it's mixed, then it gets too too difficult. So that that whittles out the boys. Then I'll keep it to Oxford. Um, and then um, if any if anyone does listen to this, I've absolutely loved playing with absolutely everyone that I've played with at Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to, if if I had a gun to my head and had to choose five, um, it would be um, Ellie Harrison, who was vice captain last year, player of the game last year. She's absolutely awesome and a wonderful person. Uh, Shona McNabb, seven blues. You, you, she's a straight pick. Uh, Megan Hughes as well was was captain the year before I came, but was also there in my first year. And she's kind of definitely someone I looked up to in my first year. So get her involved. Um, and then there's Naomi Kelly, who was a captain before my time. Never got to play with her, but really wish I uh, really wish I had um and then i think i i would just those four those four are great that i wouldn't i wouldn't pass the opportunity opportunity not to put myself <laughs> in the team and play with them it would be so much fun um so that would be my five i'd reckon and jp how about yourself for cambridge oh it's, it is pretty tough um but i think there's there's a couple that stand out through the kind of having played with them through my kind of university career of hockey so i think you know at the back i'd get uh i'd get a Sean Gilmore, um, we played with each other through through from first year, uh, man of the match last year, a um, bit of a rock at the back, and uh, and then maybe maybe in midfield a bit of a, a threat who will haunt the nightmares of uh, of Oxford is probably his brother Kieran Gilmore, who's won man of the match probably in the in the in the varsity match about 18, 19 times, uh, and then up front maybe uh, Seb Shaw and uh, Thomas Jackson Jackson. Um, they'd probably be my picks, but um, you know, as captain, I'd also say I would pick all of the teams to play in my five. <laughs> because, you know, I don't have favourites. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Well, yeah. Finally, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Obviously, you know, you're both very busy uh, studying and preparing for this. Um, so, I wish you best of luck uh, with the game. And for those listening, you can tune in by YouTube on the 16th of May. Uh, they'll be commentating, and I am informed by Dilip that there will also be um, punditry uh, in the quarter time or half time period <laughs> as well. So uh, it's quite a show to watch. So tune in. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Cheers, guys.